Bottoms up, and welcome to our Sweet 16 episode. This is uh, Fred the Grassy Troll here, and across from me is... Blado. Getting kind of a routine down on that, yeah. but you can't introduce me. I was, I was listening to that episode, and I thought, what a pompous ass. <laughs> <laughs> Myself. I knew who you meant. <laughs> I, was just, I was not being pompous. <laughs> and to my right... As usual, is Nobs. How are you doing today? Good. Good to be here. All right. 16 episodes. Imagine that. Who'd have uh, thunk? Uh, it's, uh, it's just amazing that, you know, we never run out of things to talk about <laughs> in relationship to our political topics. Uh, there's just an e- endless stream of goo yeah. that we get to feed from. So here we go again. Uh, but we also have an endless stream of beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan. Uh, At least we hope it is. Uh, I, I can't imagine we'd ever we, we'd get through them all because they keep making new ones. Well, the one thing good about living in well, one of the only things good about living in Michigan is that <laughs> there a lot are of good things about living. A lot Michigan. of breweries. So yeah. hopefully we'll have an endless supply to choose from. So, uh, so what do we have today? All right, let's take a look. This was uh, supplied by Knobs. Uh, we're revisiting Atwater Brewery of Detroit once again, and it's called Going Steady IPA, a grapefruit session ale with a 4.6 kiss your mother, kiss your dog alcohol level, and 55 IBUs. So I think there's a little bit of something for everybody yeah, there. Cracked open and poured out. Just swap with you there. All right. That'll work. Same with you, knobs. And pour them up. Uh, <clears throat> so while we're pouring, you know, we did a uh, we did an Atwater last week. The yep. uh, lip smack or lock, lip lock. Lip lock cherry something or another. And cherry stout wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I mentioned we talked about the labels, and I'd mentioned that I wasn't a real big fan of the label. And I I took a flyer and said, I bet you it's a local artist because. The craft breweries, no matter where you're at, whether you're in, you know, Asheville, North Carolina, or Detroit, you you always like to support the local industries. So I looked it up, and in fact, um, the artist for Atwater Brewery, his name is Tony Roku, R O K O. I think he's a fine artist. I know I said I didn't particularly like the label, and I'm still not sure it translates to a beer label. <laughs> Their artwork, but uh, no, he's a uh, uh, a, a terrific local artist, and uh, I don't know if he'd want me to give him a mention or, or not. But he says it's a dream job to do. He started out uh, uh, doing one specialty beer. They loved it. And i got to say this, Tony, if you're listening, it's a vast improvement over what Atwater was doing before. Like when it, They have a picture uh, on the article that I read about them hiring him, and um, <clears throat> Uh, really nothing spectacular about their their labels before. Um, I don't think so I'm he, familiar he, with it. He, no. he, at least he has, he has brought a theme. Um, <clears throat> he has brought a theme to them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Mucho mejor. Much yeah. Better. <laughs> yeah, and he's kind of tied them all together. Um, he can really pick out an Atwater beer now. Oh, yeah, yes. That is true, whether you, whether you like the particular. And those you wouldn't have. No. These things jump out at yeah. you. You, know, yes. you don't even have to check that it's hot water. You know it is by this. It's almost like a signature. Mm-hmm. Bottoms up. 
Bottoms up to Mr. Roku. Tony Roku. Roku, what a cool name. Of course he's an artist with a cool name like that. <clears throat> well, since you're the biggest fan of the IPA realm, we'll let you go first, Blotto. Uh, you know, it, it's it's better than I thought it was going to be, especially given all of the information we had prior to drinking, that it was grapefruity, that it was a session, and that it was 55 IBUs. But I must be coming around a little bit because, you know, it... it, it it wasn't like uh, wasn't like that Axel Brute. I gotta when I th when I think back at the IPAs that were really difficult for me to to put away. That was uh, that was the one. But <clears throat> yeah, that one was in your face for sure. Um, in terms of can I you know my taste buds get any notes from this? Uh, um, it, it has a really clean front and it, the finish isn't too lingering. Not like others. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it's very refreshing. Uh, I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's as tart as what I was expecting, like I said, given those stats. Yep. Usually at like a four point six, it's with the beer's like a little bit more weak, but I think it has a lot of flavor for being the lower end. Um, I say we've been the reviews for our Atwater beer have not been super high, but <laughs> this one uh, I think we we'll keep swinging though. <laughs> I think this one's going to be a for me. Oh, yeah? Yep. All right, all right. We'll get back at the end here and round them up. Well. Grassy? I I can totally relate to your first comments because looking at the um, the label, especially they were stating it was a grapefruit session ale, I was expecting a real strong, bitter start to the beer, but... Not at all. It was actually kind of smooth and a little bit of bitterness at the end, the finish, but it wasn't bad at all. So I can see why you warmed up to it immediately, for sure. I totally mm -hmm. agree. Mm -hmm. And it, it it is very refreshing. And mm -hmm. uh, at this point, I'll say it's for me. It's got interesting color I was looking at. Real nice color. Um, you know, it's uh, a, a little uh, hazy or what? what uh, what's the other word I'm looking for, but... Um, you know, like a like a wheat beer. You know, it's not it's it's, it's not real clear. There's a little bit of substance floating mm -hmm. around in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so if I was to look at that beer, I'd almost think it might be uh, a darker wheat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's also fairly dark color, which again I don't know my IPA colors well enough, but I was expecting it to be a bit more golden. <clears throat> not much head on it though. No. No foam. Uh, nope. And I was pouring for it, and I, I didn't uh -huh. get much either. But this is good. It may, be, it may be the carbonation that the brewer wanted, though. That's right. We recall what Jeezy taught, taught us about that. Mm. Carbonation is different from beer to beer. Like Nobbs was saying, um, they hadn't, in our opinion, for the most part, made that great of a show, but uh, this kind of stuffed it up a little bit. That's good. Yeah. We want the locals to yep. do good. So, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, and we supported some local beer establishment earlier today. Yes, we did. Uh, we were at the Detroit Beer Company. And Downtown I Detroit. Yeah. I don't think that they package their beer. Uh, I saw a sign you could get a can bottled at the bar, but okay. not like they buy it in a store. They don't yeah. distribute it right. widely. Right. You know, the only ever time I've ever had their beer not going there mm -hmm. was at the... Um, 
the beer festivals, mm. the ones around the mm-hmm. around the state. I remember having their beer then, but I'd never seen it like sold commercially, other than from what it sounds mm-hmm. like right there at the brewery. Lefty uh, brought me a growler one time. I don't remember what uh, what type of beer it was, but I, I did have a growler uh, from him. I think it was during football season. We polished it off. Mm-hmm watching some games, and then, you know, you own the growler and you always want to go back and fill it up and never happens. Uh, um, I, I, I liked my porter there. Uh, Navs, you weren't as, as thrilled with um, your ale? Yeah, it was called Hard Target, I believe. Was, I can't remember the exact kind of was, but it was a darker ale, and it was okay. It was meh. Meh, yeah. I had the 1852? Uh, 1529. <laughs> Real close. <laughs> it, it was an IPA. <laughs> I know that much. And I enjoyed it, except for it, it had a little uh, bit of the knobs factor to it. it. It was a little on the tepid, warm side, but yeah, it was drinkable. You mentioned that. It was drinkable. Yeah. And, and, and we were downtown for the Motor City as Tattoo a, a, Expo. Motor City Tattoo Expo. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. After we uh, go through the the weekly <laughs> the weekly rounds <laughs> of Washington D.C., <clears throat> uh, and it was a you know trying to figure out how we oh just speak up just, it just right, it right. throws me off when you do that I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm just trying not to step on you that's all. <laughs> Our memes of the week. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got a couple memes of the week. And Nobs, did you have any offerings? Uh, no, I don't have anything this week. Not this week, okay. You start there. Okay, I'll jump in. And uh, this this is a, I guess it's a non-political. It's got a picture of Mark Zuckerberg sitting there talking to a young man, maybe 12, 13 years old. And the young man says to Zuckerberg... My dad says you're spying on us. And Zuckerberg replies, he's not your dad. <laughs> That's real good. That's very good. All right. Um, I thought that was hilarious. Okay, I, I think I got one that might be able to top that. Well, the way you were laughing about it earlier, I think it, it's it better. Uh, so, so my meme, non-political as well, is a doctor sitting with a patient, right? He's got this little you know, lab coat on, right? And he says to the patient, results are in. You have Tom Jones syndrome. And the patient says, is it rare? And the doctor says, it's not unusual. <laughs> I was going to say it. I was going to give you a chance, but I didn't want to have uh, a lag. Uh, it's not funny. unusual. <laughs> Nobs, nice. you get that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. I get it. <clears throat> And then they, they, in the meme, they, they kind of have the guy kind of doctored up a little bit like Tom Jones, but not exactly like Tom Jones. So it's kind of uh, I don't know. That might be Tom Jones doctored up to look like a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what that is. It's not unusual. Okay. <clears throat> now we get to the uh, pile full of crap <laughs> that has happened this week. A wheelbarrow full. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, because it moves around. I don't know. We, I kind of thought we'd, we'd talk a little bit about the Cohen testimony. I mean, I don't know if we wanted to go chronologically. I think that was kind of the first thing that happened this week. Then there's the Korean fail. Um, or was it the 
the, the, the resolution passing the House, that happened before the Cohen testimony, didn't it? But it doesn't matter. No, no, I think... I think when did the resolution vote? vote was, I believe, it was Thursday. Um, Cohen was Wednesday. So we'll start with Wednesday. Cohen testimony, initial impressions, Fred. Did you get a chance to watch? Uh, yeah, I, I got to watch most of it. Uh, my initial impressions, um, yeah, he's a liar, but I felt, I, I believe that he honestly was trying to do two things. I honestly think... He was trying to do what he could to restore what's left of his credibility and his reputation. Yep. And I think he was also, on the other hand, trying to put the screws to the presidents mm -hmm. and maybe a little bit of, uh, here, take some of your own medicine kind of thing. Yeah. That was my initial impressions of the the overall thing. Yeah. I, I was trying to decide, and I... I I caught some highlights. I caught some on the radio. I caught a little bit on TV, so I was didn't 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 get a chance to um, sit through the the whole thing or be a, um, um, even catch all of it. You know, um, was it mostly entertaining or was it meaningful? And you know, you've heard me go off about congressional hearings in the past. I generally feel like they're a waste of time that they don't really have any objective except for grandstanding on either end. Um, it was certainly entertaining. I'm still sort of holding judgment on whether it was meaningful. Uh, when you say entertaining, do you mean it was making you chuckle? Laugh, chuckle? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Right. And, and maybe some shock moments. You know, it's entertaining to see how deplorable the Republican senators can be, um, you know, it, it, um, it, it can be entertaining on, on that level, like disgust entertaining, you know, because that's certainly what it showed. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever would not be on the meaningful side, right, where, where something comes of it, if, you know, what actions are going um, to develop. You know. AOC did the best job of that. And this is why I'm really starting to get on board with her getting the notoriety that she deserves, because she really delivered some meaning. She, I thought that, well, I mean, I didn't come up with this, but I totally agree with a lot of the talking heads on TV and such were saying that she was very direct, she was super efficient, mm -hmm. and she pulled out of him useful information that can be used to go forward and That's actually exactly right. make something out of it. I mean, yes, you know what I mean? Yep. Where, where a lot of these people are grandstanding and they barely gave Cohen a chance to talk. You know, they're just pontificating just to hear themselves talk mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. Where she was very pointed, she had particular things in order. She and had three and questions she, that yep. she was ready to ask. She knew that they were answerable questions. And she probably, like any good negotiator, uh, you know the answers before you ask the question. Right, right. And she knew probably where they were going to land and that it should be, uh, you know, some seeds planted and food for thought. Any other cliches? But, uh, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> for um, uh, future inquiries 
and, and, and getting down to what is really the criminal aspects of the Trump family and Trump presidency. And that's, uh, that's what she was kind of going after. So, yeah. Um, well, I, I felt what was like you were asking me what were my first impressions. I guess I just thought of something else is that in the things Cohen said, he was trying to start informing that 30% of America, mm-hmm. at least exposing them to what this person really is. You know what I mean? It, some of the stuff they, they can say, oh, he's a liar, there's no credibility to it, but he still put it out in front of them and maybe, hopefully, got some of them to start thinking about it, maybe letting some of it sink in. It, it doesn't... It, 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 if you're aligned with Trump, then, you know, the Trumpsters are all with you. If, if that partnership breaks or goes sideways somewhere along the way, You've lost all credibility with them all of a sudden. I mean, you know, even Bannon had some negative things to say about Trump when he left. And what happened to him? Bannon was banished. Yep. You know, when before... From the kingdom. He, he was the godsend, right? I mean, he, 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 he made that connection between the alt-right and, and Trump. It, I agree with what you're saying in terms of I think that was part of his objective. I just don't know that it all sticks because his 37% or whatever it is, you know how just ridiculously blind they are, you know. You you posted a, a meme on Facebook about that and it, you know it, it got some play. Um, about how, you know, you believe one man over this, 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 and this. I think I posted it four days in a row. (laughs) Every time it kept coming back up, I'd repost it. Because I I felt that strongly that that was true. Yeah. Yeah. There certainly were some highlights uh, in in Cohen's comments. Um, You know, the the one that I thought, when I thought of, I thought of you, uh, uh, well, there are two comments that he made that I thought of you right away. Okay. The one that's more important was when he said, shame on you, Mr. Jordan. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I know how you feel <laughs> about oh, Senator Jordan. Jim Jordan. And Meadows. <laughs> oh, they're, you know, two of the same. But, uh, but just... You know your trolling of Jim Jordan on his on his tweet a couple of weeks ago, and uh, and then for Cohen to call him out. But you know Cohen had a little shout out here, palms up. Oh, with the podcast? No, not with podcast. How so? He used the term treasure trove. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. Over at uh, the National Enquirer. Yes, the I, treasure I did, trove. I did laugh. I'm so. like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Who uses the term treasure trove? Now, did you know about this? The the, the treasure trove comment? Yeah, I think you mentioned in uh, the group chat or something even. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. It's, and they want to know where the treasure trove is. Yeah. yeah. Well, the treasure trove is right here. It's right here. It's in the One Shot Studios holding at Water Beer today. Well, speaking of him calling Jordan out, to me, I thought that was fantastic. And I thought... Because Jordan started yammering back at him. Mm-hmm. Cohen basically shut him down yeah. and put that a-hole in his place. 
almost stood up and clapped. I'm listening at work. <laughs> but it's true, you know, because th- these people get badgered re- relentlessly in these things on both sides. Mm-hmm. But it, it, the, the thing that he said, and if you don't mind me stealing your quote. Not mine. It's his. Cohen said he's talking to uh, Jordan, and, and he calls him out, and he basically said, I'm responsible for your silliness because I did the same thing that you're doing now for 10 years. And, and he was talking about protecting. blindly protecting and getting the presidents back when, when these people are not of low intelligence, most of them who are in Congress. They know it's mm-hmm. wrong. They know what they're doing. And yet they're doing it anyways. They're, they're putting party over a country. They're trying to protect party. Yeah, it is. That's I mean, everyone it. said that Trump was going to destroy the Republican Party, and they're doing what they can to normalize him so it looks like this is a normal Republican Party so that when he's gone, they still have some structure to it. But in the meantime, in order to do that, you have to flush your principles down the drain because you can't align your... Because the only way you can do that, right, to support the entire party and normalize his presidency is to, uh, you know, say, okay, I'm, I'm aligning myself with his principles as well. And, 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 that's the, and that's the shocking thing, even going back to 2016, right? That's the shocking thing that has occurred with this political world that we have today. Everyone thought the Republicans would still be pushing back on Trump. They were maybe hopeful, but that's kind of what the thought was. And what we've seen over and over and over again, they are not. And they're willing to say, I'm an, as awful as a person as Trump is. Even if they never wanted to, to, to have that characterization before. I mean, there was still some level of awfulness. Right, right. <laughs> you know, to, to, to be a U.S. senator or representative, you probably got to have some level of awfulness about you. But, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm talking just completely in degrees of awful. You know, and, and, and that's just, I don't know, surprising but not shocking. Shocking, not surprising. I don't even know which one it is anymore. Um, I also thought there was something else that came out of this. How does this group not subpoena Alan Weisselberg? Well, he's coming in. I, I don't know that he is, so I, I didn't check that out. Are they are they are they subpoenaing him? Not going to subpoena him. They invited him, and supposedly he's coming in. To uh, public? Mm, I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, sometimes those things are decidedly later. Uh, you know that that should be some, that should be some real bombshells there. Well, they're saying he, because of uh, self-incrimination, he's basically just going to plead the Fifth Amendment. That, well, good enough. Yeah. Every time he and every Trump, time he pleads the Fifth, Trump that's going to be a bomb. When you um, you're guilty. You're guilty when you plead the Fifth. That's right out of the, the horse's mouth. And you are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or essentially, I, I, I suppose, you know, Alan Dershowitz would argue with me on that. But, um, you know, you're not saying anything because it might incriminate you. So there is a, um, a connotation of, of guilt just by pleading the fifth. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I guess he's, he's coming in. 
I don't know how he couldn't. His name came up like 30 times in that six hours. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he's in the thick of it, I would say. What was the second thing that oh, uh, what? you said there were two things? Oh, that Trump said, or, or I mean that... Um, Cohen said. That Cohen said that reminded me of you, right? Oh, the treasure trove was the second one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Never mind. I gapped again. Um, But I do that. And and then I I think in terms of testimony, maybe the biggest bombshell would have been uh, stating that Trump was told by Stone that the WikiLeaks dump was going to take place before it did. I don't know that I've heard Cohen or Lanny Davis ever say that before, like that succinctly saying he did. I'm sure almost everything Cohen has said is probably somewhere on the record already, but I don't know that I heard that per se. And that'll be another one of those interesting um, interesting things that Mueller would have to deal with because if that was a question that was given to Trump and how he answered that question... And if you have two opposing answers there, you know, then somebody's lying, right? So then Mueller can dig deeper. Because I think that's that's the way that Trump falls from the Mueller investigation, is if he lied in his deposition, in his written de- de- deposition, you know. The I, Crayon Chronicles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, I think that's... <laughs> That is what, and, and I and I don't know that Mueller would indict over that. There's that whole nonsense, right? But I, I, I think if he feels if, as if, and I also, but I've said, I'm not sure that Trump would have lied on those things. I mean, because that is a go to jail immediately, do not pass go, connect, not collect 200 bucks, right? That is, and they were vetted by his lawyers. And I think, you know, when Cohen was out there saying that, we stopped working on Trump Moscow in January of 2016. That's not what Trump answered to Mueller. He said he said June. November. Oh, it was November of 16. Yeah. Oh, I thought they, they were they were in the camp of the June of 16. That's what that's what Cohen eventually said. And eventually Trump may have supported that to to the public. But the answer that he wrote to Mueller from things that I've heard was that yeah it was November yeah, because I think Trump asked about that later so that so like I said Trump was lying to the people but wouldn't lie to Mueller and when you get to put things on paper and get them you know you, you know the lawyer can say well were you really done in June well no, no. okay then we're going to change the answer right <laughs> well Giuliani even said it was in, <laughs> Giuliani Giuliani says all kinds in, of things into November or October as well that's how I yeah that's how that was exposed but not he always a- tells the truth but not until after because he, he can't help himself <laughs> <laughs> his eyes bugged out <laughs> but that was not until after the deposition was already put in right yeah yep. so that's why I was saying if, going back to this if if Mueller asked the question, did you know ahead of time about the WikiLeaks dump? Which would probably be a logical question. And that answer came back differently than what Cohen's saying now. You could be in trouble. Maybe, maybe not. Well, I would think Mueller had all these answers anyways. So anything we heard, Mueller already has had. Right, because Cohen would have told him this even before he asked the dep. But but it, it still comes down to having the discrepancy of what he knows or what someone else told him, and then what the president tells him. 
Right. You know. Right. Right. How is Matt Getz staying out of jail? I. I would love to see that guy. Get I, I, you, you know, I, I'm infuriated over this whole thing. I, I mean, I've gone off on it. every on every piece of social media I can. He clearly broke the law. Intimidating a witness I, it, you, without you, obstruction of justice. You, you can't look at it any other way. Witness testing is what he called it. First of all, I don't think there's any legal term of witness testing. And you can't witness test anybody by a tweet. A witness test would have to be, I guess, a- asking a question. If there was a legal term, I don't think there is. Right. But, but you know, you would ask a question knowing the answer and see if they give a credible answer or not, right? It's, and that would be more like, I guess, jury testing or something. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> It makes no sense. That's why you can't make sense of it. <sighs> And what I keep asking is, whose job is it to indict this asshole? Who, who, whose job? They, you know, it's even frustrating, you know, from the mainstream media because all I heard from the MSM was this could be illegal. This could be illegal. Well, okay, get the person on that would be responsible for indicting them and ask why aren't you pursuing this is it the doj is that who has ultimate jurisdiction over a congressman i don't know i don't i don't think so does it get down to state level is it always federal i have no idea right but somebody would be responsible to file a criminal complaint against gets you would think and, and you know even before that even before an actual indictment or whatever against this guy from a, a law standpoint, I was actually a little disappointed in Pelosi that she she it sounds like she just said really shouldn't be doing that. Yes. She should have censured yes. his ass and yes. made an example of him. She had it right there, and, and, and that was not a gray area it's situation. It's not a gray area at all. It's black and mm-hmm. white. That guy threatened Cohen and his family. Yeah. And interfered with the witness, intimidation, whatever you want to call it. They should, it shouldn't, that same day, that guy should have been censured, just as a start. And then we'll go on to your legal question of, Who's going to look into this guy? It was good to see the Florida Bar Association yeah. is a, is uh, investigating investigating it. whatever that means. Hope, though, see, I, I hope they I, disbar his. Yeah, but I, I not don't gonna think they happen, will. But, but what does their investigation mean? Like, how deep does it go? Um, you know, there's like these rumors going around that Trump asked him to tweet that. I'd heard that the, someone had overheard him on the yeah, phone call. I, I don't, don't know. know about that. That may, hearsay. Hearsay. But, but you know what? If they, if you why invest, would you be surprised? I wouldn't. And if you investigate Matt and, and you're about ready to throw the cuffs on him, yeah. How quickly does he roll over and say, "Hey, man, Commander in Chief told told me to do it." Wasn't it hilarious? That that guy seems to think he, he's like some Trump tough guy or something. Yeah. And you see how quick he flipped, like after Pelosi. I mean, mm-hmm. there there was his apology. Yeah. And. You should never attack someone else's family. You asshole. You went right after his family. You went after his wife. You went after what his father-in-law or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, please. He rolled, though. He turtled so quick. (laughs) But I I, I do hope 
I was undone. The bar, the bar association. I'd love to see them take his license yeah. or suspend it at least. If they can do that, I don't know what they can do to him. Right. But I'd love to see them do something other than just slap him on the hand. I st- I still want to know who's in charge of, you know, bringing this up to a grand jury and indicting him. You know what he reminds me of? Grover Dill. <laughs> Scott Farkas. <laughs> the toady. Scott Farkas is little toady. <laughs> There's a resemblance there. Yeah, kind of. Uh, if, if you put the, the little cap on him. Yeah, the little cabbie's cap, yeah. Grover right. Dill. <laughs> All right. So that, uh, then moving up to Thursday, right? That yep. was that was Wednesday's fun. Tuesday and Wednesday, I guess. We throw Matt gets in there. But then Thursday comes around, and the House passed their uh, no emergency resolution. Was it a resolution? I think it's a resolution. I don't think it's law. I, 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 well, that doesn't matter much. I guess it wouldn't. Well, yeah, there is a difference between a law and a resolution. No, no, no. But in this case, because it's so specific, it's just basically saying that the president has applied the National Emergency Act of 1976 in the wrong way, and they're nullifying it. I don't know. I oh, think I, 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 I guess, think I've heard it re- referred to as a resolution. Okay, the only reason I was questioning it because. Fact they're check. they're nullifying it, which means a a physical action is taking place. Where usually a resolution is, they just want to get it out there so everybody knows what they think or feel or whatever. But in this case, they're trying to physically stop yeah. his declaration. That's why I didn't think it was a resolution. Okay, you, you know you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. There's to me, there's yeah. a difference there. I could be wrong. Well, fact check. I'm wrong all the time. So. Anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, it, it, it passed. It didn't pass as strongly as we would have liked, I would think, right? You want veto proof. Um, they only got uh, 13 Republicans, I, I think, to cross over or something. I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. You know, we talked earlier about the political ramifications of going against the presidents. I don't understand the political upside for Republicans staying with the president on this. I, 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 with the House, I get it a little bit more than the Senate because of super red districts. But I still think that there's no, there's not much risk to the Republicans to vote down this uh, national emergency. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just really struggling to understand what the upside is for Republicans. Same, I mean, th- to me, these votes should be, you know, 435. You know, 35 to nothing, right? And, you know, 100 to nothing. I, it's, it's, it's baffling to me. Um, you know, right now they have three uh, Republican senators that are, are going to flip. They need one more to, to, to get it passed. But of course he's going to veto it. All right. All right. Um, but I, 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 like I said, I'm, I'm still dumbfounded by the idea that it's um, not a, a overwhelming majority, and only guys like Matt gets, you know, <laughs> ninety nine to one, right? Because <laughs> um, <clears throat> what, what is, what is the downside? Like, okay, so they vote against it. Then they got to go back to their constituents during their midterm years or whatever their their their, their term limits. How, how easy is it to justify that? 
is that, yeah, okay, I, I, I want a fence, I want a border wall, but we can't give the president that much power. I think it's so easily defended, even from a Republican standpoint. Well, I mean, especially because they're two different things. Mm-hmm. It, it's not that you're voting against the wall, you're voting against the way he's trying to obtain the wall. Yeah. Hey, I'm still for your wall, but he's just going about it the wrong way, and I don't agree that it's legal or constitutional. So you're right, it, it's very defensible. And, and it's what the majority of the people want anyway. That means nothing. Yeah, that's and, polls and, and, only count when they get out of them what they need. Yeah, da da da. Yeah, but don't you don't you think that polling is also what drives some of the messaging? I mean, who who are these senators because they're you know they're voted in and statewide, right? So who are these senators representing? I mean, again, you you, you can only have two from the reddest of red states that would actually support this national emergency. Most people still don't, you know, put any 30 people in a room together. I don't, unless they're all from Mississippi. (laughs) (laughs) Good choice. But but mix it up any other way, and I would bet you the majority would say the, the president is overstepping his bounds. If they know anything, you know, there's that. But, but, but I just, I, um, and, and when I look at the vote in the House, it passed. But 182 people wanted to give the president this much power. Yeah, that, that doesn't make sense. I, I agree. And I, 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 it, it certainly, you know, it's just another example of what a sad state of politics we have. Right? <clears throat> um, and the other thing that I was thinking about, and I, I wouldn't put this past. I, I just wouldn't put this past McConnell. He has to bring this up for a vote, yeah, right? Yeah, he has no choice. What if he doesn't? <laughs> Why do you say stuff like that? <laughs> like, yeah. Right? Well, there, there must be some kind of The trigger, same people trigger. that are going to let guests get away with, 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 you know, tampering with witness and threatening uh, a witness is going to let uh, McConnell blow this off. I mean, what? When is the vote? There they is a have, time. They limit. have 18 days. 18 days from last Thursday to bring it to vote. Is he, does he want to bring it right away? Probably not because he's, he wants to let the presidents beat up on these guys for 17 days before they actually have to vote. The, you know, your question, I, I understand the, the well-founded skepticism is like, what if he doesn't? I, I get that, and I wish he wouldn't have said that because I have enough anxiety in my life as it is. But I would have to think that in a case like that, there's like a trigger that if McConnell doesn't fulfill his job, the next toady in line will will have to bring it to the floor for the vote. You know, there's only, yeah. there's probably some trigger. Is that Schumer? <laughs> it probably is. All right. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I bet you it would be Schumer because he's the minority leader. So he's, right, he's right. second in command, right? Well, there's a second in command behind McConnell too on the on their side. The minority whip isn't isn't that uh, majority whip? The majority whip. Yep. Uh, I don't know who who is that. Fact check that too. Uh, that's I would like to see polling by state on who's supporting this because then you should say okay, those senators. 
should be, you know, and yeah, I, I can think of probably about 17 states, but I can't think of 50. Yeah. Well, it's just like getting back to the wall. What is it? 72% of the people. I don't know. It's it's a high number of people don't agree that we need a wall. Right. They're not being listened to. That, that's what I mean as far as these polls go. It's like that's a ridiculous poll if you think about mm-hmm. it. It's such a huge majority. It's like they all should be paying attention to that. But do they? No. <laughs> right. No. I mean, they don't. They, they don't. Absurd. They don't. They don't. They really don't pass things that are. They could know. give a shit about their constituency yeah. if they, you know, if you really look at it. The, the tax law wasn't supported by the majority no. of people. <laughs> what did that have? Like a thirty percent favor or twenty five percent favor? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> okay, so now we're on to Friday. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Damn Friday! Thank, thank goodness it's Friday. Um, I I I just think the entire North Korea summit fail just is humorous. It's what did they expect? You know what? You fail when you don't prepare, and you know they didn't prepare. There, there's not a chance. Maybe. Some of the people around him, like Pompeo, or uh, you know, um, Jesus, Pete, gapping, always gapping. But the cabinet members around him, yeah. maybe they were like prepared. Bolton. I mean, he was yeah, involved yeah. in that. But maybe they were prepared. Maybe they were no. working together. I have, here's my to, theory on that. Here's my theory on that. Okay, what is it? What Trump doesn't have? let them prepare. Well, I think they prepare, but I he won't. It's deaf ears. They they can't get through to him. So there's no preparation. He goes over there. And he's going to go on all gut instinct. That that's what happened. So, what it is? It is. What did you expect? It is mind-boggling to me to think that he really thought that he was going to be the closer. In that deal. (laughs) On that deal that day. I mean, it 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 is so far away from the way international negotiations work. They are so complex. You know. At what point did Obama even get involved in the Iran nuclear deal? Say what you will about it one way or another, right? But he doesn't get involved in that until the very end. I don't even know if he ever went to Iran I don't during know the negotiations. I, I follow your logic, and but I don't know either. <laughs> it, this starts with diplomats even below Pompeo, and they start hashing out, you know, so... Here's the big things that we want. Then they start hashing out. Here's where the compromises can kind of take place. Here's how we kind of make things look like win-win. Then the Pompeo level gets involved. Then they start, you know, working up the language. And then you get your heads of state in to sign your documents and shake hands and everything looks good. That's the way it's done. Let me guess. You mean diplomacy? (laughs) From a real state department. This guy thinks that just because they're becoming bosom buddies... that They're not, though. I know they're not, but that's what he says. Yeah. And he feels that, oh, i got to be friends with this guy. we got a great relationship, so he's just going to give me what I want. Heck no. <laughs> North Korea is not going to give you anything. And it's so Look at the last more, 50 years. It's so much more complicated than that. 
Well, yeah, all that stuff is. Uh, so it's not surprising it was a fail. Not on any level. I, it would have been a real shocker had anything come out of it. But then I would have just thought it was lies anyway. So there was no way. Well, actually, <laughs> what I was thinking is that he, he was going to give him the store. That's what I thought was good. I, I thought that he was so desperate for a political win, and especially with the Cohen stuff going on back here, that he was just going to go over there and just give him anything he wanted just to get a political win. I was sort of shocked that things fell apart. But as quickly as they as did. As quickly as they did. But in retrospect, like, like, what, I'm, not surprised now, <laughs> I'm not surprised now either just because... They had to cancel lunch. <laughs> They, they didn't get to lunch. <laughs> get on the plane. We're going home. <laughs> and then, you know, there's no plan B, right? So now where are we at with North Korea? I mean, the world would like them to be without nuclear weapons, of course. I think that the world also has to come to grips that we're, we have to start treating them like we do other nuclear powers that we don't like, like Pakistan, right? Containment, you know that that is really what what the answer is, um, because uh, you know he would ask for the store. Oh yeah, but but he's not going to get that. So it's uh, and and the other is nuclear weapons keep him a threat, and by keeping him a threat to the world, keeps him in power. You know who this BS thing wasn't a fail for Kim. Oh. He got to go face-to-face mm-hmm. and play kissy and smoochy with presidents mm-hmm. in front of the world and be, told, like last time. and be told what an honor it was, mm-hmm. you know. So he, he wins. He, yeah, because... He, the, he gets in, into the club. What, what segment of people in North Korea are hoping, were hoping that Kim would give something up to help their economy? a very small segment oh yeah it, it, it may be larger than we think but you know if you say anything you end up in the gulag right or worse uh so in terms of a when 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 you're dealing with someone like that you're he's got such an oppressive hold on his people you're not even getting the groundswell of pressure from the population to say We'd, we'd be happy to give up nukes if we got assurances that we weren't going to be attacked and it was going to help our economy. And it's so so bad over there, I, I don't even know that you, you, you have any kind of, you know, movement underneath like that. But you know the part you're... And so, you, so you, have to, you have to negotiate with knowing that. You have to negotiate differently than you would in, say, Iran. Because you did have, in Iran, lots and lots of people wanted democracy in Iran. Still do. But, but you know, the, the, the big piece of the puzzle that you keep leaving out is the beaches. <laughs> you the heard, beautiful you, beaches. The beautiful beaches of the, North Korea. The beautiful. Did you hear the, the boost the economy could make with all the Trump hotels on the beaches of North Korea? I forgot about the right beaches. Right there. How did that deal not uh. go through? Right there. You right. you got the development. Kim tool. Kim wants beautiful resort beaches, I'm sure. Yeah. More than he wants nukes. He, uh, yes, he does. Yeah, no. So uh, I don't know how you missed that, but I figured I would. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it came up this time. No, it was 
And it was the first negotiation. No, no, it was this time. He, he was, oh, well, he, he was the second talk, time he brought he, it up. It's it one was, of those talking points. He was basically saying, look at Vietnam. Look at this yeah. thriving Yeah, economy. I know the, the Vietnam comparison was there. But he talked about beaches North the first time. Korea, you can have this too. Look <laughs> at the beaches you have. No, he brought it up this time. Uh, oh, God. What a... What a Snake oil salesman, that's what he is. <laughs> Grifter. <laughs> and he also brought up Otto Warmbrier. Warmbier. Warm, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Warmbier. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Your new name is Otto. Otto Knobs. <laughs> so bad. Um, All right, straighten up. This is a serious matter. It, well, it is. And what did what did what did Trump do? He aligned himself with a dictator. If a dictator says something to him, he believes it. Over and over again, that's for for how his brain works. That if a dictator says something to him, he believes it. Could be the Saudis. Could be Putin. Could be Kim. Well, you know what he is is he's Twitter bluster. He's Mr. Tough Guy when he's on his little thumb machine and, and tweeting these tweets. But when he gets face-to-face with these people, Putin, Kim... Um, but why them and not us? Why does... Still, I, I no, agree with He you. gets in front of them, and I think he pisses himself, and then he crumbles, and whatever they tell him, he's afraid to say okay. otherwise. He's but then get back out in front of the cameras and say, Kim lied to me. He'll never do that. You know, I'm fighting with someone right now on Facebook. I don't know if you saw it or not because it included the bottoms up thing. It got crosswired. But um, they're trying to make the excuse that, well, well, how do you expect him to treat him? If he called him out as being responsible mm-hmm. for having this kid beaten to death, basically, you know, how are we going to ever get negotiations? And it's like, no, you have to, a strong president would stand up, call him out for what it is make him take responsibility and move on yes but that that doesn't happen with this guy right because he he seems to think that these these uh one-to-one relationships are the way to work through this stuff and it's not and 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 look at the precedent that was set with the saudis and putin kim knows this so kim knows i'm going to deny and he's going to believe me because that's that's what he do that's what he do so for from here on end, right? It, it's basically do as you do whatever you want. Do not fear the United States, and when you know they come knocking, just say to Trump, "Hey, I don't know what you're talking about," and then it goes away for them. It, it's a virtual impossibility that he didn't know what. Of, was of going course, on. it is. I mean, yeah. this is more absurd than even mm-hmm. the Putin stuff or the Saudi stuff, which is also very absurd. Yeah, well, it's all, mm-hmm. all right. Let's yeah. rank the absurdity. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you know how he runs that country. It is oppressive and yep. on top of. Mm-hmm. He's got his boot on everyone's neck. He yeah, knows he exactly knows every American hostage that they have, especially with an American yeah. hostage. You, you think someone would have been tortured and beaten to the point where they eventually died without him knowing? Please, hipster, yeah. please. You know, and I, and I hope there's kind of a, uh, you know, you, you want to be sensitive, um, you know, regarding things like the parents and the family. But 
I, I hope there's also sort of a learning here that if you align yourself with Trump on things that are of importance, you're you're going to get screwed. They 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 got on the Trump train when he got Otto home, and now they're saying the parents, you mean? Yeah, yeah. and now they're saying you basically screwed the pooch over there. And I was surprised that they weren't a little more caustic. Uh, I would be if that was my child. Did you hear the the, the interview? That I, I agree. But it just it's just an example of is when when you get close to this guy, the slime runs off. You you you're going to get stuck with it, and that's what happened to to, to them. Did it, you did you hear they were rerunning a, a video of the parents from back in I think 2017 when they got him home? It looked like to the dad that someone had taken pliers and rotated his lower teeth. Oh, right, right. Is right, right, torture. Right, right. Think about how horrific that is. Mm-hmm. And then we got this a-hole in the White House believing him. I mean, it's, it's, it's beyond outrageous. I, I don't even know how you can't even put a word on how mm-hmm. absurd it is. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so I've, been, I've been struggling with... More words like absurd and dumbfounded. No, no, uh, they're, they're <laughs> kind know, of they've lost their meaning. Them. They've lost their meaning, man. They, we need, you know what? That's that's what we need to do. Between the three of us, we need to come up with a new word <laughs> that is uber absurd. That isn't uber absurd. That is an uber absurd because right. that'd be very cliche. <laughs> okay, another drink. Think so? Yeah. Do we? Did I forget something again? No. Oh. I was contemplating. <laughs> I thought about it, and I think you're right. Let's see. To the treasure trove we go. Ah, there it is. Beer number two. We have from Right Brain Brewery, Cakewalk Vanilla Cream Ale. Hmm. What do you uh, see there? What do you, what, tell us about it while I open them up. All righty, let's see. It's an easy living, easy sipping ale. It's 4.5 by volume alcohol, which is even less than the last one. Yeah, not very bottoms up. No, 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 but we'll take it nonetheless. Uh, so it's a, it's a creamy vanilla ale, right? Yeah. Said to have good aroma. Why are you sniffing the bottle and not the glass, Nobs? <laughs> Why not? Well, because I think it's going to give you the aroma out of the glass. Well, I can tell you that the bottle smells bad. <laughs> That's not a good story. You talk about your light-colored beers. Wow. This is uh, That's as, as light as we've ever seen that in, is almost in the like One Shot Studios. So I'd light color-ish. Ooh, that is, uh, there's some floralness to it. Okay. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Let's give her a taste, guys. Okay. Hey, I got a first impression here. I'll go first. Um, I like it. It's It's... It's not an everyday beer for me. Um, I'm still not sure when it would be, <laughs> when I would have this beer, but it delivers on what it said. It's a vanilla cream ale. I really taste the vanilla, especially on the front end. Nothing on the back end goes away instantly. And very creamy. It, you know, mouthfeel, as they say. I disagree. Um, I don't get any vanilla. You don't get any vanilla? I don't think it's creamy at all. You know no. what? I 
tend to side. You know what I am getting though? Is the finish I taste cake. I'm not getting the vanilla, but I'm getting like a it's like I don't know how you guys don't get vanilla out of that sip. I'm getting cake frosting. Isn't that what it's Well it's vanilla frosting. Yeah. It tastes like a I, I I get the frosting at the end, but I'm not really getting vanilla. It just got, it's sweet like frosting, but yeah. I'm not getting vanilla. Mm. I think it's with the coconut. <laughs> <laughs> it's floating around somewhere above us. There's coconut vanilla. No, I, I get the vanilla on this. I really do. Okay. Well, what do you think? Is it something you like, Knobs? Or... No, it's not for me. No. No, I don't like you. it. Mm, I'm going to take another sip here. <laughs> I would say right now it's not for me. But I'm not going to push it away. We'll, we'll power through and... Uh, I think we have finished every beer that has been brought before us. Uh, that's our bylaws <laughs> of the podcast. It's rule number one. <laughs> no, rule number one. There, There is no Pottoms Up podcast. <laughs> All righty, guys. Moving on to our next subject. Well, I hinted on it a little bit, uh, a little bit ago about uh, what we did this afternoon down in the D. But it was really driven by you, Fred. So kind of ex- explain why you thought we would want to attend the Motor City Tattoo Show. Well, we did go down to Detroit downtown today and attended the 24th Annual, 24th. 24th annual Motor City Tattoo So they were doing this before they were acceptable. That's right. They don't care about you or me or knobs, what we think. They've been doing it, and they love it. Um, sort of the, the genesis of it is each week we are tasked with coming up with something that is hopefully entertaining, um, interesting to... Topically cultural is the way I put it. Yeah, topically cultural. And And not cultural in terms of, uh, and this could cross over, but the arts. I I was talking to my sis this week and she's like, you say culture and I'm thinking like always music and art and those kinds of things. It's like, no, it's more about... You could also call it societal, right? Things that are happening with society today and how society reacts to it, you know. And many of these things become part of our culture, you know. Example would be spam calls. Right. You know, it's 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 not cultural in, in the sense of, um, you know, pinky finger out. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's more just about so. Yeah, so um, Blotto was traveling this week and was kind of preoccupied, so we normally by midweek have an idea of what we're going to talk about, but we really hadn't come up with an idea, and uh, I knew the Tattoo Expo was coming up, and um, I'm a tattoo kind of guy. It's funny, this week... In full disclosure, right, so people understand what I'm talking about, is... is Fred has, uh, you counted about 20 tattoos. I had 20 tattoos, and it was funny because this week at work, I was speaking with a friend of mine, and uh, she asked me how many tattoos I had, and, I, I, and I said, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, I really, I mean, I had a general idea, right. but I had no 
conceivable yeah. idea. You knew it was more than three. And I couldn't. Less than 50. And I, could, <laughs> and I couldn't answer because some of them I can't see, so I sort of forget about them. <laughs> so I went home that night and I actually spun around in the mirror and gave an accurate count and I have 20. So I, I'm a tattoo guy. It came late in life, but I, I love them. I think it's a great expression of, in my opinion, it's art. Most of them are at least. And uh, anyways, uh, Blotto and Knobs, neither one of them have gotten near a tattooing needle. And I thought that it would be an interesting trip because I've been to the expo a number of times, but they haven't, obviously. I thought it would be interesting for them to go and kind of be submerged into the cultural mm-hmm. population of people who are full-blown, really, really, really throttles-down right. tattoo right. people. I mean, it, it's a way of life. and uh, So that was sort of the, the beginning of this, and the guys uh, were gracious enough to buy in and indulge me, so uh, we had it down there today. I, I thought it was um, uh, a worthwhile experience. I don't, I, I don't want to make the experience sound like it was so much different than what I was expecting. I mean, you know, certainly tattoos are uh, culturally prevalent, right? And, and, and by and large, you know, acceptable today. Um, in fact, I, when I was thinking, when you brought up this idea, and, and I thought, well, I'm not really sure what the angle is culturally because it used to be okay is the stigma still attached right is uh, you know can can you can you be in the business world and have tattoos right that wasn't just a little while ago that was a long time ago now i mean i, I think i think ink has been socially acceptable for quite a while that that's you know now there's extremes, you know what I mean? You know, full body, up to the neck and face tattoos, and eventually they'll get there too. I think there's still stigmas attached to face tattoos, just like there was probably 30 years ago with tattoos on your, you know, on your arms or your ankles. Um, so I, I think that will, will change as, as well. But I, I don't really believe that. So... In that respect, seeing a lot of tattooed people and a lot of great artwork wasn't surprising to me. You know, just in day-to-day life, you catch that all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why, I, you know, your friend, you know, was talking about how, you know, you can't judge... My a artist. And friend. <laughs> and friend. And friend. You become a friend. Well, with your artist, yeah. if you spend well, enough time with them. Poking on your body for a couple hours, they should be your friend. Um, you know, and, and, and she was making the case that, or she didn't really make the case, because I don't want to overstate, that, you know, some of the nicest people have tattoos. Well, some of the nicest people fit within all walks of life, and that's what I'm trying to say about, you know, people that have not just one or two, but a lot of ink, they come from all walks of life nowadays, and so I, to me, it's almost one of those things that shouldn't even have to be said that you shouldn't judge somebody by how many tattoos they have. The show was, was pretty cool, though. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I did mention, I did want to mention this to you. And uh, we just got sidetracked while we were walking the show. I didn't see much in the way of 3D tattoos. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
Nope. Like, like, like all of a sudden, it, 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 it looks like, you know, their leg is opened up. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. You know, or, you know, there's depth to the tattoos. I saw a lot, and that's really what I was expecting because I thought that's kind of where the envelope was being pushed on the artwork side was to have those really bizarro sort of 3D images. And uh, I don't know how specialized they are or is it just a YouTube thing, but I didn't see any. Nobs, did you see any? I think I saw a few pictures of Mm -hmm. finished tattoos, but it wasn't something that was heavily on display, like really out there being advertised no right right I, I i thought the show had what i would consider more traditional artwork what, what did you think fred well i i would say the vast majority of the artists even good artists can't pull off that really good mm-hmm. 3d mm-hmm. depth into a tattoo it, it's it's just it, it's a small group that does it. Yeah, okay, it's very specialized. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I believe it's very specialized. And um, I follow quite a few artists on, like, um, Instagram and stuff like that. And when I start to follow somebody new, it's normally because of that reason. They're mm-hmm. the ones that can pull that off. Yeah, because um, they're amazing when you see them. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, their, their use of... Of shading and lighting, which gives you the 3D effect, is absurd. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for that new word still. <laughs> Keep working on it. No, but you 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 nailed it. It it's it's a specialty and and I I just think it's it's like an it factor with tattoo artists. Either you got it or you don't. Because one thing that we didn't do enough of today, uh-huh. and we had time to do it, we just didn't is we didn't stop and flip through a lot of the portfolios. We haphazardly... Yeah, we did. And I was guilty of that as well. But in my head, I've been there a number of times, and Mm -hmm. I can look at a couple of their tattoos, and I know I'm not going to find. If we would have dug a little bit deeper into some of these portfolios, you might have seen some more of it, Mm -hmm. you know, on display. But we we didn't. You know, we kind of... I don't know. We're moving a little quicker, I suppose. We, We weren't... Digging down on it, but some of the people there can do it and pull it off. But it really is a specialty. Now, since you and I hadn't been there before, um, the other thing that I guess I was maybe a little surprised about was the number, was the amount of active tattooing that was going on. Yeah, uh, I was surprised by that too. Like just right out there close off even yeah 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 there was the woman getting the full body thing going uh-huh. on on her on her bum yeah that was weird like just right out in the open just like like like, like i would have figured that this was more of a trade show mm-hmm. where you know they're so people are kind of you know like shopping you know this is the mm-hmm. kind of work that we do and you know here's our portfolio and here's our card um I didn't know there would be that many beds and tables out and people... Every booth had... Basically had to, to do right, it, yeah. every, every booth. And, you know... I think you, we had you, signs you, saying, like, no availability today or... Right. Like, come on in. No, right. those are... When when they get this thing ramped up on the webpage, they put a list of artists and they're all, almost all of their names are hot links 
which goes to their site, which uh-huh. normally shows their portfolio. But at the same time, they're booking for the expo. They want to come in and they want to tattoo all all weekend long. Yeah. So yeah. actually, the tattooing is their that is their trade. So they're coming. Yeah. To do their work on people. Like yeah. The first year I went, I I did that. I found a guy who had some time, and I had a tattoo done down there. And what was but, it? Which one? Uh, you know, I, I think of that one with the roses. Oh, okay. Because my dad from World War II had roses on his forearm, and it was a mess because it was an old military tattoo. Mm-hmm. But I told him it was two roses with a little bit of greenery, and I said I want it in American traditional, and that's what that is. And then I had him throw um, half pints name underneath there. Mm. So that's what that one is from. But um, no, th- these guys come in and they want to be fully booked. Yeah, the entire yeah. week. That's how they make their money. Yeah, I do a lot of trade shows in in my business, and that means we're not working. <laughs> when, <laughs> You're talking with friends. <laughs> when, when, when I'm when I'm at, at a booth in at a trade show, uh, it means nothing is going on, uh, and we're just there because we have to be there. And and, and for the most part, real business does not occur. Mm. Well, you know what's what's interesting to me is that, like I mentioned, I follow a lot of these artists that were even there today on Instagram, and you you see the kind of stuff they're doing. That part of social media really fuels them being able to book up when they move around to mm-hmm. these. Because these, there's a regular tattoo expo uh, circuit. These guys right. follow every year. So, for instance, you know, you you talked about the facial work that the one guy was doing. Doing faces, not on faces, but doing face. And he was from Dallas, Texas. So, you you may not get to the, down to Dallas mm-hmm. for a tattoo, but now you know next time he's in town, then that is how you could book somebody that you have found outside of the Detroit area to, to do some work. Yeah, the show is the way to do that. Actually, last year, Uh-oh. there's a guy named David Mulshaney, I think his name is. He's from Dallas. And I, I picked up on him, first of all, on Instagram. And then I saw he was coming to the show, and I chatted with him a little bit. I almost booked a weekend down to Dallas to get a tattoo. And I have been to Dallas in, I don't know how many years, so I was actually going to go to him, but I changed my mind because what I wanted to get done, I decided not to get that done. So, But me personally, for the right artist, I would actually make a trip to go someplace. And I would get, imagine that many people work. would. Yeah. Especially once you get an opportunity to see what they're all about at something like this trade show. Because as you said, it was a circuit, and I'm sure it is. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, you know, kind of just like, uh, um, you know, sort of like uh, the auto bar- show. Well, I was going to say barbecue, um, <laughs> you know, uh, festivals. You know what I mean? They they just move around, right? right, I mean, it's, right. The, it's the it's the it's the it's the same, you know, three dozen barbecue makers all <laughs> going for the same ribbons in different towns. And and it's it's interesting with these expos. You wouldn't think that people would make an effort to come to Detroit as far as the artists, but like Nobs and, and I both saw a, a girl from Austria. Oh yeah, Colombia. There's somebody from Colombia. Colombia as well. and um, people from Europe come over all the time. You yeah. Carol, but, my, the artist of my artist that you met today, Carol Cunningham, 
Taylor, Michigan. Go see her. Fantastic. Shameless plug. Shame, no. I love her. She's great. Uh-huh. She owns my nice. le- She owns my left arm. <laughs> right arm, anybody can tattoo. Carol Cunningham, left arm uh. only. But um, she she has a relationship with these artists from uh, the Netherlands, and they come in. I don't think they were here this year, but they in the last couple of years they've been here. They come to her, the shop she works at. They work out of the shop, and then they work the expo. Well, she goes and she goes overseas every year i think it's for four months yeah what a great trade right i mean you just go over there if you have a relationship a place you can work yeah they put so her it's, up and it's half vacation but you know i'll make money while i'm doing it yep she works out of their shops yeah. over there and then and then she hits uh in holland italy i think it's four countries she she does mm-hmm. the circuit over there so mm-hmm. she goes over there for four months out of the year in the summertime she works the shows. She does the the guest appearances at their shops. And then she comes back to Michigan. Yeah, that's yeah, good racket. It sure is. So it, it's kind of funny that neither one of you guys impressed me as ever going under a needle. But it was funny that you were <laughs> sort of joking around towards the end of the show that you were like half considering it, I... even though I know that that's a soft consideration, but. Plus, I said it when we were in the elevator. I didn't say it when I was on the floor, right? Uh, I might have paid for it if he'd have done it. <laughs> well, no, I, I I was committed to getting the tattoo at Spike's 50th. That mm. fell through. Oh, that's right. Remember, yeah. that was, that oh, was yeah. supposed to happen, and, and that fell through. Um, uh, I, I don't... I'm not, I'm not opposed to ever getting one. I just don't... I've never felt the need to get one, um, you know. And 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 then yeah, we were kidding around, but about politics, culture, and beer. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I think that would be a pretty good tattoo. I would do it. You know, I, I I don't know that I would go with our logo, but I would go with politics, culture, and beer because those are three things that are absurd, absurdly important to me. PCM, <clears throat> PCB, PCM. <laughs> PCB in a flash, right? I don't know. Is that a bad acronym, though? (laughs) PCB? Yeah, it is, kind of. Oh, God. Nobs, would you you ever get inked? I've been on the fence for the last 10 years or so. Okay. Um, So that says yes. I've had one drawn up years ago. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, even. I I can't commit to something. (laughs) On my body for the rest of my life, though. It's it, you know what I think that, that that it doesn't mean anything. So it's there. You know, I got a mole. You know, who cares, right? I mean, you know, I just I, I I used to think that way about either myself or anybody else getting a tattoo, but not any longer. So so what? It's on your body for the rest of your life. Big deal. Yeah, so are eyebrows. <clears throat> you know. <clears throat> well, I mean, uh, it, if you're unsure about it. You, it's easy to hide them, you know. Ah, uh, yes. We're, yeah. We we are clothed, clothed most yes. of the, most of our lives. So I mean, it's not yeah. that hard if it's you know if you're unsure about it. But where where, where would I get a politics culture beer tattoo? Inner thigh. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> never, ever, ever. <laughs> 
please. Because <laughs> now I have to think about your inner thigh with, with PCM on it. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was it was fun to do. No, I, I, I thought it was a lot of fun, and I, I was very nervous because I don't know. I felt I almost felt like I was pushing you guys into doing something. You were well. Like, all right. Well, then my uh, my uh, spidey senses were correct. Uh, but hey, it's as cultural as anything else that we ever talk about, and um, it's the first one that I've been to. So that's an experience. Problems up. I can check all it off right. my list. <clears throat> Do you All want right. to talk about the, your your tattoo idea that you're going to get? Oh, what was that? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Did I miss something? Oh, yeah. Remember we were talking about the um, the Bob Mueller tattoo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, back to the political. That's thing. what the M stands for. <laughs> PCM. Culture, Mueller. And Mueller. Culture and Mueller. <laughs> now, we were just joking around uh, talking about different tattoos and uh Back to the political thing, I, I was telling these guys that if Mueller seals the deal and puts this jackweed away, <laughs> I said I'll, I'd get a I'd get a picture of Bob Mu- Robert Bob. Mueller between my shoulder blades, just like uh, Roger Stone, Stone, and has Nixon between his, and <laughs> and I would it would be wor- well worth it. And I would start a GoFundMe for that. <laughs> oh, there you go. And I would take your money gladly. All right, bottoms up, guys. Bottoms up. Out.